the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. In Jesus' day, you might not know this, but the average wage was three cents a day, and that was taxed. The Bible says in Matthew 5, 6, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Jesus was literally saying to his audience that day, I know that you're poor. I know that you're barely making it. But if you want true blessing, that hunger that you have for food, far more than that, you have to hunger and thirst, not physically, but spiritually for the things of God. Welcome to Lift Up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. We are here every weekday at this time to share the good news of Jesus and to lift up his name to this city. No matter if you are listening right now from your car or at home or in your place of work, we believe that today's sermon from Pastor Dudley will be a blessing to everyone. So if you can, get out your Bibles and let's join Pastor Dudley right now with his message. I want you to take your Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter 5. There was a man named Christian Herter, H-E-R-T-E-R. He was the 59th governor in the state of Massachusetts, and he was running for a second term. He was campaigning. He was scheduled to speak at a church. And when uh, the service was over, they had a potluck, and he was famished. And so he got in line to eat. And there was a woman there who handed him a single piece of chicken in the line. And he said, "Uh, ma'am, if you don't mind, I'm really hungry. Uh, I'd really like another piece of chicken. And she said, no, just one per person. And he said, ma'am, do you know who I am? He said, I'm the governor of the state, and I'm just really hungry. I would love if you would just give me a a second piece of chicken. She said, sir, do you know who I am? And he said, no. She said, I'm the lady who hands out chicken. Now move along. Our text today is Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. It's the fourth beatitude. We're preaching through the beatitude. And it has to do with something that we all enjoy, which is eating and drinking. Can you say amen? As we've seen, though, in the first three Beatitudes, Jesus turns our thinking upside down. He introduces a new way of life, guidelines to a new kingdom, and we're trying to figure out exactly what Jesus was talking about back when he was going through those Beatitudes. And I hope you've enjoyed this series thus far. If I were to ask you today, I'm glad three of you have enjoyed the series. How many have enjoyed the series so far? All right, all right. If I were to ask you if you've ever been hungry, if you've ever been thirsty, all of you would raise your hand. 
Hunger and thirst are God's warning system that he put inside our bodies. Did you know that? That God put that in there. And hunger, whenever you feel hungry, it's like a little bell that goes off. Ding, 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 ding. God put that in there to tell you that you need to eat something to bring nourishment to your body. Uh, thirst is an alarm system that God put inside uh, your system. It's ding, 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 ding. You need to drink some H2O. God created our bodies physically that we need a certain amount of food and water. If we don't get that, these hunger pangs and feelings of thirst are those alarm systems. Now, you might have heard of uh, some of these statistics, but the human body is two-thirds water. Now, I don't understand that because I, I, I'm, I feel pretty solid up here. I don't understand how the body is two-thirds uh, water, but that's what they tell us. They also tell us that by the time you're 70 years of age, that it is required at that point over the course of your life that one and a half million gallons of water will have gone through your system. And by the way, if you get 2% less than that, your level of energy drops by 20%, 10% less, you are unable to walk, and 20% less, you're dead. Most of us know that without proper food and water, our bodies will eventually shut down. So when Jesus starts talking about hunger and thirst, most of us believe that we know what he's talking about. But you're going to discover today that hardly any of you know what he was talking about, which is why I'm glad you came to church. Don't clap. I'm clapping for you. I'm glad you came to church so I can explain to you what this means. And you'll finally, I believe, when you leave here, fully understand what it means to hunger and thirst for righteousness. There's four things you've got to understand. Number one, Jesus is talking spiritually, not physically. All right? So when I said hunger and thirst, you were thinking physically. Jesus is not talking physically. He's talking spiritually. This beatitude is not talking about physical appetite or physical satisfaction. He's talking about a spiritual appetite for the things of God. And he's talking about a spiritual satisfaction where God fills the longing of your heart. Now, Mother Teresa said this. She said that people in India are physically hungry, but people in America are spiritually hungry. She went on to say that people in India are actually better off than people in America because the people in India know what they're hungry for. They need food. They know their need, while Americans do not realize because we are so well off physically that we are starving spiritually and we don't even realize it. We think that money and the things of this world, fame and fortune, satisfy, but they do not. Now, there's a couple of things underneath this point. Number one, one of the first symptoms of sickness is loss of appetite. You can tell some of us haven't been sick much. Amen, amen, amen. (laughs) If you've ever been sick physically, what happens to you? You get a temperature, you get a headache, you have a body ache, and usually you, you lose weight because you don't have an appetite. Uh, there's something about uh, you can get so sick that the thought of food actually makes you even sicker. And it's just as true spiritually that when you lose your appetite for the things of God, something is wrong with you spiritually. 
Did you know there are many people that skip church? In fact, it is shocking week after week after week after week how many people just skip church. And it's not that you have to be here. You should want to be here. You should want to be in church more than any other place uh, on this planet. Being together with God's people once a week, God gives you the whole week. There should be something in you, hey, I've done enough this week. I need to get to the house of the Lord with God's people and spend some time worshiping. Have you stopped reading your Bible? Have you neglected your prayer time? Do you spend more time watching the television than you do talking to God? All of these are little things that you determine whether or not you have a spiritual appetite, hunger for the things of God. Because if you're not, if you do not hunger and thirst for the things of God, the lack of appetite for the things of God is a symptom of spiritual sickness. There's a second thing, write this down. Satan will always tempt you physically in order to defeat you or to distract you, spiritually speaking. You know, uh, you know, men, we struggle with lust. And ladies, I want to tell you this. We lust over women. We lust over cars. We lust over jobs. Someone has a better job than us. We can lust or envy after that. But anytime Satan puts something in front of you that you envy or that you lust, it's not about that thing What Satan is trying to do, he's trying to distract you and he's trying to defeat you, spiritually speaking. Sometimes our bodies go through a physical ailment or could be a bondage to sin. It could have been we were abused at one time. He uses physical hurt, pain in our body to get our eyes off the Lord. I believe the church that you're here today, I think this is a spiritual entity here. I don't think the church is made up of brick and mortar and lights and carpet. I think the church is made up of people. This is a spirit. Church is a spiritual entity. And Satan will tempt you with fame and fortune and sin and pleasure to get you to miss church because this is a spiritual entity and he'll use physical things so you won't be here. I believe that the Bible is a spiritual book. I know, I know it looks like a normal book with words on pages, but I don't think this is a, uh, necessarily a physical book. I believe this is a spiritual book. And so Satan will come along and use all, all kinds of other physical things to distract you from that which is spiritual. I, I want to say this to you. I believe your marriage, man, listen to me. Ladies, listen to me. When you're married, it's more than just a contract that you signed and he signed and the best man signed and the best woman signed and you exchanged rings and you made a few vows. I believe that marriage is a spiritual relationship. And so you are, why, why we're having problems? We got all, we got money problems, we got communication problems, and we got all that, we got relationship problems. It's because Satan is trying to use all these other physical things to destroy the spiritual union, that relationship between you and your spouse. It's exactly what he did to Adam and Eve. How did he tempt Adam and Eve? With a big, bright, red, juicy apple. How did he tempt Samson? And how did, how was King David tempted with a beautiful woman? How was Ananias and Sapphira tempted with the love of money? Peter was walking towards the Lord, actually supernaturally on the water, until he started to look at the physical storm around him. And you can be right now in the midst of a terrible storm, not realizing that Satan is just trying to get you distracted from following Jesus Christ. Even Satan tempted Jesus physically. Uh, He took him up on top of a mountain and he showed him the kingdoms of the world and he said jesus uh, i will give all of this to you if if you want to have it you see and he wasn't just tempting jesus physically 
but he was using that temptation because he wanted to derail Jesus and keep him from going to the cross and dying on that cross for you and me. So it appears that he's talking physically, but Jesus is talking spiritually. Number two, write this down. He's talking starvation, not hunger pains. This is one of the most important things you need to understand in this beatitude. He's talking about starvation, not hunger pains. Hunger, write this down as perpetual hunger. Perpetual hunger. It means that you have nothing to eat and no hope of finding food. That you are so famished that you can't even find a crumb. So when he talks about thirst, he's not talking about, you know, I'm thirsty. I think I'll go over to Starbucks and order a venti, sugar-free, non-fat, vanilla soy, double shot, decaf, no foam, extra hot, peppermint white chocolate mocha with light whip and extra syrup, which is a drink you can actually order over there. (laughs) He's not talking about that. Thirst, I want you to write this down. He's talking about perpetual thirst. It refers to people who are so desperate, they need something to drink, and they have nothing to drink, and they're about to die of thirst. I want to read this to you. This is from a, uh, a pastor tells this story. Uh, it's Susanna Petroisen. She heard her daughter's pleas, but there was nothing she could do. She and her four-year-old daughter, Gayani, were trapped beneath tons of collapsed concrete and steel. Beside them in the darkness lay the body of Susanna's sister-in-law, Kareem, one of 50,000 victims in the worst earthquake in the history of Armenia. Calamity never knocks before it enters, and this time it had just torn down the door. Susanna had gone to Kareem's house to try on a dress. It was December 7, 1988, at 11.30 a.m. The earthquake hit at 11.41 a.m. She had just removed the dress and was clad in stockings and a slip when the fifth floor apartment began to shake. Susanna grabbed her daughter but had taken only a few steps before the floor opened up and they tumbled in. Susanna, Gayani, and Corrine fell into the basement with a nine-story apartment house crumbling around them. Mommy, I need a drink. Please give me something to drink. There was nothing for Susanna to give. She was trapped flat on her back, a concrete panel 18 inches above her head, and a crumpled pipe above her shoulders kept her from standing. Feeling around in the darkness, she found a 24-ounce jar of blackberry jam that had fallen into the basement. She gave the entire jar to her daughter to eat. It was gone by the second day. Mommy, I'm thirsty. Susanna knew she would die, but she did want her daughter to live. She found a dress, perhaps the one she'd come to try on, and made a bed for Guyani. Though it was bitter cold, she took off her stockings and wrapped them around the child to keep her warm. The two were trapped for eight days. Because of the darkness, Susanna lost track of time. Because of the cold, she lost the feeling in her fingers and toes. Because of her inability to move, she lost hope. She said, I was just waiting for death. She began to hallucinate. Her thoughts wandered. A merciful sleep occasionally freed her from the horror of her entombment but the sleep would be brief. Something always awakened her, the cold, the hunger, and most often the voice of her daughter, Mommy, I'm thirsty. At some point in that eternal night, Susanna had an idea. She remembered a television program about an explorer in the Arctic who was dying of thirst. His comrade slashed open his hand and gave his friend his blood. 
Her groping fingers, numb from the cold, found a piece of shattered glass. She sliced open her left index finger and gave it to her daughter to suck. The drops of blood weren't enough. Please, Mommy, some more. Cut another finger. Susanna has no idea how many times she cut herself. She only knows that if she hadn't, her daughter would have died. Her blood was her daughter's only hope. And it's to that degree that Jesus wants us to hunger and thirst after righteousness. In Jesus' day, you might not know this, but the average wage was three cents a day, and that was taxed. Hunger was never far away from his audience. That's why I've never been able to figure it out, but you remember the story where Jesus fed the 5,000? None of them had any food. They asked the entire crowd, and only one little boy had a few uh, loaves of bread and a few uh, gnarly-looking fish. The Bible says in Matthew 5, 6, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Jesus was literally saying to his audience that day, I know you're hungry. I know you have very little to eat. I know you can hardly live on three cents a day. I know that you're poor. I know that you're barely making it. But if you want true blessing, that hunger that you have for food, far more than that, you have to hunger and thirst, not physically, but spiritually for the things of God. Roman numeral number three in your outline. I want you to write this down. He was talking when he said hunger and thirst for righteousness. He was talking righteousness, yes, but he was also talking relationship. You see, there's a theological debate on when Jesus said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. What was he talking about for righteousness? There are several possibilities. One is what we call positionally righteous, being righteous. That refers to our relationship based on what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross. Positionally, I want you to know this, all right? I am not a very righteous person. Your pastor is not a very righteous person. I don't know if you are, but I am not. But positionally before God, I am righteous because I am underneath the blood of Jesus Christ. He sees me as righteous because of what Jesus Christ did me on the cross. Before we're saved, you see, we are separated from God because of our sin. But after a person puts their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, when a sinner repents, positionally, he's no longer separated from God. He is now one with God, again, based on what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross. So, So do you understand that? Positional righteousness is once I was lost, but now I am Say Number two is public righteousness. That has to do with the culture in which you live. That's with the world uh, having justice being served in your country or in your nation. I will tell you this. You must understand this. Abortion is not righteous. A country who murders their children is not a righteous nation. A nation that is led by corrupt politicians is not a righteous nation. When injustice occurs based on the color of one's skin, that is not a righteous nation. Public righteousness is when you look at the world around you and you see that the nation is righteous before God. There's a third type of righteousness. It's called pure righteousness or purity. 
It refers to the individual Christian living a holy life, a life that is free from the power of sin, free from addiction, free from bondage, free from doubt, free from bitterness. So the question is this, is Jesus talking about positional righteousness that we're saved in Christ, that that's what you hunger and thirst for? Is he talking about public righteousness? That's what we're to hunger and thirst for? Or is he talking about pure righteousness within one's heart? Is that what we're to hunger and thirst for? And I will say partially, yes, yes, and yes. But if you want to know exactly what he's talking about, you always use Scripture to interpret Scripture. So skip down in your text down to verse 10. I want to show you something. And we'll get to this in a few weeks. To understand hunger and thirsting after righteousness, I believe verse 10 and 11 help us. Verse 10 says, blessed are those who are persecuted. Everyone say persecuted. Persecuted because of what? There's that word again. So he talks about it up there in verse 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they will be filled. But here in verse 10... He talks about blessed are those who are persecuted because of this righteousness. So whatever righteousness is up there in verse 6, people are being persecuted for it down here in verse 10. Are you with me on that? So then we come to verse 11, and here's the key verse. Blessed are you, and this is all the persecution, when people insult you, when they persecute you, and when they say, when they falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of what? Me. And so the reason Christians are persecuted is because they are identifying themselves with Jesus. Don't you see it? Positionally, public, purity. But here's number four. It's personal righteousness. It's the righteousness that comes from having a right relationship with Jesus Christ. I believe what he's talking about when he says to hunger and thirst for righteousness, he's talking about hungering and thirsting for having a right relationship with Jesus Christ, a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every day. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. If Pastor Dudley's message has been a blessing to you, we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here every day to bless others with this important ministry. Your gifts, whether large or small, are greatly appreciated and go directly to help keep us on the air. You can find out more about supporting us by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. 4777. We have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. We live in the most distracted culture in the history of the world. We see about 10,000 messages every day. We even touch our phones about 2,000 times a day. We're literally being overwhelmed with information. That's why there's no better time than right now for Dudley Rutherford's remarkable new book, One Thing. Rediscover a simpler faith in our complicated world. 
In this timely book, Pastor Dudley invites you to open your Bible and look closely at seven key passages of Scripture where you'll find the beautifully uncomplicated phrase, One Thing. These scriptures will quiet all the noise that you're hearing and call you back to a simpler faith. Dudley Rutherford has discovered the secret of how to focus our lives on the one thing that matters. What if you could find that simplicity? It's waiting out there, and this is your roadmap to freedom. Contact Lift Up Jesus today and get your copy of One Thing, the book that could finally change everything. I'm Kyle Welch. We invite you to join us every weekday at this time when we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.